In many ways, prayer is a simple thing to do. But sometimes we can have a limited view of what prayer actually is. Now, don't get me wrong. Prayer is a means of supplication and making requests to God. It's just that prayer is also more than that. Prayer is both talking to God and... Amen. The what ifs. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I've had some time the last 10 days to spend uh, some time in the Word of God to read a book, uh, to discover a new Bible that Bev got me for my birthday. And Terry had recommended the Spirit-Filled Life Bible. Powerful, powerful Bible. I've had a lot of Bibles in my life. And, and this one's getting to where the duct tape and all the stuff won't hardly hold it together. So uh, anyway, we're looking at wearing another one out before Jesus. Well, he may come before I get to wear it out, right? Amen. Hallelujah. It could be any day, but it's... Uh, anyway, we're back to the secret to great power. I really feel led to... We've talked about different kinds of prayer. We've talked about a lot of things, but today we're just going to talk about, and I think it's very fitting that here we are still on prayer as we celebrate our pastors and ministers and those called into ministry. Uh, uh, you'll never have much impact, preachers, without a great prayer life. You'll never have a great, a big, great impact on very many people without a consistent prayer life. I believe every preacher must learn to be a prayer warrior. It's the secret to what? It's the secret to great power. Because we sometimes as preachers and as humans want to get our hands on it. We want to get that building. We want to grab this. We want to do that. I'm flesh uh, and blood, okay? Just like you. And I many times want to grab hold of it and try to fix it and... I've learned in 50 years of ministry, let go and let God, amen? Let his power work because it's so much bigger and stronger and more powerful and he can get a whole lot more done than I can, amen? So, hallelujah. Prayer is so important. There's a lot of other factors in ministry. There's giving, there's serving, there's loving, there's seeing lives restored. Uh, yet prayer, I believe, should be at the top because it bathes everything else in, in, in prayer, amen? Bathe it. In prayer, all this giving, loving, serving, restoring, it should be at the very, very top. And you won't last very long in ministry without it. You won't last very long in, in ministry without a, a great prayer life because the enemy is going to attack you. We talk about this a lot in our classes. He's going to try to take you out. He's got a bullseye on you. He doesn't want you doing what God has called you to do. And so he brings all these little uh, tricks and deception and subtly, slowly trying to dissuade you, discourage you. So very, very important that you have an appointment with God every day and you keep it. Write it in on your planner, on your iPhone, wherever you keep your, your log. But it's very important. Prayer is so very important. There are some people that say, well, when all else fails, pray, right? Is that right? That's about the mentality some people live by. Well, when all else fails, pray. No. How about before I do anything? <laughs> I need to pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. Before I do anything. I like that, that motto a lot better, don't you? Before I do anything. God's concerned about the nitty-gritty, even little bitty details in your life. And he can help you. Hey, man, I've, me and John's talked about this. I've had cars break down and ask him to help me figure out what's wrong with it. Hey, man, 
right there. Amen. Amen. Your dog gets out of line. Pray for it, right? Amen. Dog, get back in, in line here. Whatever it may be, God's concerned about everything in your life. Hallelujah. And I believe if we're going to take territory back that the enemy has already stolen, it's going to take men and women on their face before God, crying out to him, interceding, pleading, crying out, supplicating, petitioning, praising, thanking, all the prayers that we've talked about to God. Because prayer can penetrate doors we can never enter. It can break hearts that have been hardened. It can cause broken, diseased, run-down bodies to come to life, and it squashes demonic powers of the devil. Is that right, church? Come on, somebody shout me down this morning. Hallelujah. That's what prayer does. It things that you can't do, but in the heavenlies, it releases a power, a great power that is mightier than anything you're ever going to face. Hallelujah. I can do all things through Christ who infuses me with that power that he's talking about here. It must become a priority. James 5.16 is our text for this series. This is the fourth week. I hope you're enjoying this. We're going to just go ahead and read the very last part of it. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Touch your neighbor and say, I know that's right. I know that's right. Hallelujah. The, the disciples knew how important prayer was in our study on Wednesday night. I think it's Acts chapter 6, verse 4. Jesus had modeled prayer to them, had he not? We went through all the different positions, all the different things that he they did. He taught them to pray quietly. He taught them to stand pray and kneel and pray and in your rough times in life to pray. He went, we went through a whole uh, Wednesday night session on that. But he, one of the words was continually. I believe that's a good one. Continually. And that's kind of what it says here. Continued prayer. Acts chapter 6 and verse number 1. We find uh, how important it was to the early church. We're going to look at several scriptures today with the early church because it was a model church. Amen. They were the ones that uh, we're looking up to today, the early church. You can read about it, Acts 2, Acts 6, Acts 4, all the things going on in the church. But there was, in Acts chapter 6, verse number 1, uh, seven men chosen to serve, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings, everybody say rumblings, of discontent. Can that happen in a church? <laughs> Rumble, rumble in the jungle. No, the Greek, the Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, "We apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program." Are you with me? Okay, and so brothers. Select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the Spirit. That's good. Respected, full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then here it is. Then we apostles can spend our time, what? In prayer and teaching the Word. What's important? Prayer and studying and teaching the Word of God. So they got this, you know, rumbling going on. The disciples see it. They're, man, they're just trying to... I know in ministry, Pam, you and Terry can relate to this. Sometimes you're just trying to put out fires. You know, you just got the fire hose and you got this going on, that going on. You're trying to get 
this one happy with that one and get this situation worked out. And uh, I'm glad that that doesn't happen here because we have more mature believers here. Amen? They don't go around rumbling and mumbling and complaining. They're too busy working for God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Keep them busy, right? I mean, you know, a, mo- a mule that's pulling doesn't kick much. <laughs> that's country boy way of saying it. But when you're involved and you're working, amen, it's, there's no time for complaining. So, again, they've got this situation going on. They use some wisdom. The Holy Spirit, they pick out some men and women. Hey, you, you guys take care of that. That's important. The widows, how many believe the widows are important? Amen. God's word talks, Jesus talks about it. So he had it, but he had the priority right. We're going to pray and we're going to study the word of God. So, you know, it's, it's very important, again, that we pray. And as we're praying, we grow in our prayer life. Sometimes we don't even realize we're praying the prayer of agreement or the prayer of, uh, you know, binding and loosening. Well, we should, but intercession and all these different prayers. But a lot of times it's just spending time with God, isn't it? in his presence and listening to him that's what i've found in my own time there's you know i pray for different needs but i love just being in his presence at the start of my prayer time and at the end i start with praise i do leave some things at the altar and then i wind not and this is not no set formula but then i come back to praise again so you know it's it's wonderful to have all this knowledge and wisdom and and uh, you know how many know wisdom is knowledge rightly applied it's great to have all to have an understanding of these ten prayers that we've talked about. But again, prayer is just—I uh, want to say it this way: it's not a, a way for us to control God. It's a way for us to put ourselves under His control. It's releasing yourself unto God. So many people want to control God. They're so used to controlling everything else in their life. They get on their face before God, then begin to try to control Him. It's, it doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way, does it? We cry out to Him. And here's a little short video I want you to watch. I think it will bless you uh, today. worked earlier.
That was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was an awesome video. If you'd have been here at 9.50, we, we, you could have heard the audio, okay? It, it did work earlier. I don't know what happens uh, uh, in the process here today, but it was a prayer about that. The, the bottom line is prayer is a way of life, is it not? Prayer becomes a way of life. All these things are happening in your life, and it just becomes... It's part of your life. It's, it's talking to God. It's a relationship spent uh, in, in his presence, a, a relationship born of choice. So number one, prayer is God talk, God time. We were created for fellowship with our Father, were we not? How many like fellowshipping with the Father? I've, I never got to have one conversation with my earthly father. Never got to do that. I was nine months old. He was taken away from me. But I've had many, many talks with my heavenly father. Amen. Amen. One of these days, I hope to talk to my dad. I'm believing he made heaven. Amen. Praise God. But in the meantime, I'll just keep clinging on to my heavenly father. He's, he's been there my whole life. I can talk to him about anything and everything. Amen. I've learned to be honest with him. That's what you learn. You know, some people, when you first start your prayer life, and I get it, I was a youth pastor, you feel awkward. You're bowed, you know, on your knee, or you're sitting there, or you're standing there, or whatever, and you're, I've had so many young people, you know, when I was in youth ministry, say, I don't know how to pray. Well, you talk to God like you would your best friend, amen? How many of you can be, how many of you have a friend that you can be honest with and tell them the innermost details of your life and know they're not going to judge you and but they're going to speak the truth to you it's not going to be okay okay poor little you know no it's it's i love people that will tell the truth don't you if i'm out of line tell me amen that's a true true friend so we've had some very honest talks uh i've told him how i felt about things i've questioned his ways just like david and he's told me how he felt about me. <laughs> and he's disciplined me at times. Thank God for a father that loves us enough to discipline us. If not, there's a word in the Bible for it. It starts with a B. I don't want to say it today. There might be children present. But have you know the word that I'm thinking about today? It's an illegitimate child. I want to be a true child of God, and I want correction. I want to be reproved when I'm out of line. So David, David was that way. Uh, uh, you know, in his whole life, you see him, as you, as you look through the book of Psalms, he would, he would be bouncing off the walls with his relationship with God, and then sometimes he would, he would be down in the dumps, God, where are you at? I don't see you. What's going on here? I'm, I'm going through a rough time here. Anybody ever done that? Going through a rough time here, and I don't feel your presence. But then he'll come back, and oh, I cried unto God, and he heard me, and he delivered me. All my enemies, hallelujah. Psalms 139 uh, lets us know there should be a special bond between the creature and the creator. I believe it, don't you? There's a special bond, and I love the book of Psalm or the chapter of Psalms 139. Let's take time to read this. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. 
You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had even passed. Everybody say, wow. Yeah. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They are outnumbered, the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. That's, that's a relationship, isn't it? Love for your creator. Hallelujah. We're, you know, when we're praying, we need to realize that. We're talking to the one who made us. He knows everything about you and still loves you. Hallelujah. And we're also, number two, talking to the one who came in the flesh to redeem us and literally laid down his life for our sins. Does he deserve our highest respect? And glory and adoration. So sometimes we forget that when we're talking to God. But when we come into his presence, realize that he made us. Realize, number two, he died for us. He loved us that much. Is that a great love for someone to lay down their lives for you? Romans 5 verse 8 says God commends his love towards you. Here it is. God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners... Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, died for us. When you were still in the muck and mire of your sin, doing drugs or alcohol or the wrong relationships, whatever, God loved you. Amen? Praise God. That's, that's powerful, isn't it? He loved us, and he wants to have a relationship with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm so glad God still sees mankind through eyes of love. How about you? I mentioned a while ago, he made you good. Say that. He made me good. Hallelujah. He saw that it was good. I want to look some more, spend a little more time here in, a, in, in Acts chapter 4, looking at the early church. Did they pray, church? Are we in a season right now when our church needs to be even praying more? That's the reason we're still here, I believe. God knew all of this back in January. Amen? He, he knew all of it. He gave me, I've got it in my notes, that this is probably uh, going to be the year that, that we move. I can show it to you. Plumb back in January when we were seeking God for the direction for this church. So let's look, to Acts, look in Acts chapter 4, verse number 23 today. We'll spend a little time here and see the importance uh, of what, a church praying can do. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that's in them. Who by the, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things. God saw this a long time ago. The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. 
Now, Lord, look on their threats. Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hands to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, let's say that together. When they had prayed. One more time. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There's a lot going on here in this chapter. They've gone out, Peter and John, different ones. They've healed a guy uh, that was lame from his mother's womb. Uh, And uh, some of the, the religious order of the day, they're not happy with them. They're upset with them. In the starting of chapter 4, they bring them in, begin to question them. And by what authority have you done these things? And they said, by Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. <laughs> uh, we've done this. Oh, ouch. That, they didn't like that. They thought they were going to be uh, cowering down and be in fear of the religious order of the day. But the disciples were not afraid. You know why? Because they were full of the Holy Spirit. Will the Holy Spirit embolden you? Hallelujah. They... We're not going to bow down. And, and we find uh, as we go through here, we're first of all going to look, uh, number one, that, that's my first, uh, well, it's my second point, actually. But number one, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. That makes a difference, does it not? They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And it happened back in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, right? And you talk about when the Holy Spirit baptizes you in the Holy Spirit, uh, you're going to have some power. Acts 1, 8 says, you shall receive power. After what? The Holy Ghost is come upon you and you'll be witnesses. It was happening. Jesus said it right before he ascended. Acts 2, they get that power. Acts 3, well, even by the end of chapter 2, they're going out. They're preaching. 3,000 are getting saved. Chapter 4, 4, 5,000 are getting saved. Because they're endued with that power from on high. It wasn't a dead dry service that day it wasn't three songs let's take an offering and sing amazing grace and go home are you with me it was powerful the presence of the holy spirit was there in that place wow do we need that church the presence of the holy spirit jesus said in john 7 38 and 39 out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water that river was flowing wasn't it The river, the Holy Spirit. Are you allowing the river to flow out of you and into your life, into your family, into your relationships, into your workplace? Amen? Praise God. They were full, hallelujah, of the Holy Spirit. And and what I like about this is Peter, the old fisherman, there in Acts chapter 2, man, God has worked him over, hasn't he? He's completely changed him. He's the one that gives the sermon there in Acts chapter 2. But some of them are, are, uh, you know, they're going around town just speaking in tongues and full of the Spirit. And they're wondering what's, what's going on with this crazy bunch. Peter said, this is that. <laughs> Don't you like that? This is that 
which was spoken of by the prophet Joel in Joel 2, 29 Upon your handmaidens, upon your servants, and your old men will dream dreams. All these things. It's the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. This is that. How many want some of that? <laughs> Amen. This is that. I'm ready for another wave of the Holy Spirit. I want to see it before I die. How many of you would like to see that? Can you pray for it, church? Can you believe it's going to happen? Can you come expecting the outpouring of the Holy Spirit every time we come together? Hallelujah. Believing for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'd love to see some people leave here drunk. (laughs) Wouldn't you? Anybody ever been drunk in the Spirit? I think I've told y'all before, I used to play bass, and I had a, an old custom amp that had two 15s in it. It was about this tall. We'd be having one of them old Pentecostal services, and the spirit moving everywhere, and I would be literally propping myself up against the, the column on that thing just to keep from falling off the stage. Are you with me? Drunk the power of the Holy Spirit. Can it happen again? Hallelujah. If my people were called by my name, will humble themselves and pray turn from their wicked ways I will heal heal their land and forgive their sin praise God I've seen moves and waves of the Holy Spirit in my life several of them starting as a a young person a teenager in Hollis Oklahoma just a young man 17 years old I've seen the Holy Spirit come down I see his his glory just just a kind of glory light up the whole place so that's what's happening here in this particular church, in the early church. Hallelujah. They were getting full of the Holy Spirit. So number one, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Number two, they spake the word of God with boldness. We saw that, didn't we? As we find them dragging uh, Peter and John and different ones in there to interrogate them and question them. Uh, you know, if you look at the word boldness, it's parisia. It's confidence. P-A-R-R-H-E-S-I-A. Maybe we have it. I'm not sure if I put that in or not. But it's confidence. It's outspokenness. It's courageously speaking forth. Do we need boldness? Hallelujah. There are other voices in this world boldly speaking their agenda. Do we see it? And in the news media's minds, it's the only voice that matters, and they want to shut up quickly any other voice, do they not? We see that playing out. They'll, sh- they'll you know, I don't know if you're on Facebook or different uh, social medias, they'll shut you down if you get too far out there, right? They're going to put you in jail or whatever, you know. They don't want you boldly declaring, uh, thus saith God. They, they want to stop you from boldly speaking, and it's playing out in so many uh, areas, even in the church, there are people that are afraid to, there are pastors and preachers that are afraid to boldly declare, Thus saith God. They're afraid to speak against the quote woke culture that's, that's out there trying to be the police to tell you what you can say and what you can say, can't say. I'm, I'm going to say what God tells me to say every day. And it, the truth falls where it falls. Amen. If you don't like it, talk to Him about it. Amen. Talk to him about it. It's time that we as God's people get emboldened 
by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Praise God and quit bowing down at the idol of this woke culture and cancel culture and trying to tell you what to do. Hallelujah. Come on. Somebody preach with me. These, these folks here, they didn't care what the religious order of the day was going to do. We don't care. And I want you to notice some here in verse, 15, verse 13. Can we throw this up there? The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also, here it is, they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. <laughs> Man alive. Been with Jesus. That'll embolden you, won't it? You get in his presence. Look out. Look out, church. Amen. Man, I can remember when I got saved and in the little church I was raised in, I can remember driving around the drag. Anybody have a drag in the town you were raised in from one red light down to the other and back? And, and then you take off at Thurston Moors and lay rubber for about half a block and go back around and do it all again. We're missing some of that nowadays for our kids, right? But I can remember when I got saved and we were all on fire. There were about seven or eight of us. We would get out and talk to people there. We would jump back in our cars, holler, hollering and honking, Jesus loves you. You know, we were fired up. We were emboldened, amen. If I'm going to be radical about something, I'm going to be radical for Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we get radical? Amen. Emboldened. Hallelujah. The more the persecution they brought, the louder they got. In fact, it says that. In this chapter, be it known unto you, we not. We're going to keep. We're going to keep declaring. Throw us in jail. Do whatever you want to. We're going to keep sharing the good news of Jesus. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. When you've been with Jesus, boldness will come. They didn't back down. They didn't mealy mouth around. Uh, you know, they they kept preaching and teaching the good news. Hallelujah! How many of you would like some boldness? Amen. Number three today, and I'm hurrying. They received great power. I think in the last verse of that chapter, verse 33, it says they received great power. Jesus promised it. I mentioned it earlier in Acts 1 and 8. And they began to receive that power. Bodies were brought back to life. Amen. Healed and touched by the power of God people were praying, calling upon God. I'm telling you, a praying man and woman, amen, will cause this to happen. Great power will happen in your life the more you pray, the closer you get to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He healings, salvations, deliverance, all of this followed prayer. All of this followed after they had got on their knees before God and cried out to Him. Praise the Lord. We've got the power, don't we? Anybody remember that old song? We've got the power in the name of Jesus. Woo. Say it. I've got the power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's no devil in hell that can stop you. There's no devil in hell that can stop a true man or woman of God that know their place, know their authority, their exousia, authority in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Straight from the Father. It's just we as the church have got to, number one, realize we have it. 
Number two, begin to walk in it. Release that power. Amen? And lastly, number four here today. The Bible says, great grace was upon them. Right now, as we're transitioning, we need the grace of God. The unmerited favor and blessing and anointing of God. Do we not? How many can pray for great grace upon this church? There may be someone God's wanting to use to bless this church. I believe that with land, with building, with money, with, with whatever. And we're just going to call upon God and see what he does. I'm excited. Somebody asked me, yeah, somebody asked me, are you worried? No, I'm really not. He's taken care of us right here for 15 years. Why would I be worried? Amen. Well, what you going to do? I don't know. <laughs> My eyes are on Jesus. Amen. I have no doubt he will come through. But we want his grace and his favor upon this church. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, and I, this is the one I claim for this church. God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. God is our all-sufficient heavenly Father. He will come through. I have no doubt. Hallelujah. So claim that with me. Lord God, we just pray that all grace will abound over this church as we move forward. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Jesus tells Paul here, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Hallelujah. Is that powerful? My power or my strength is made perfect in weakness. Let the weak say what? I am strong in his power. Praise God. I want you to stand with me today. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this series on prayer. We have looked at many, many scriptures, Lord, that talk about it. And yet, God, we know that we must begin to exercise it in our life. It's one thing to have the knowledge as we mentioned Lord to know all the scriptures and all the different kinds of prayer and to know the early church prayed to know Jesus prayed to know all of these things but God the most important thing is we get on our face before you God we make it an important date with you every day Lord and we do not allow anything to come between that time with you God I thank you for prayer warriors in this church you're raising up Lord, we must pray more in these times we're living in. We must, we must, we must, Lord, spend time with you, praying, interceding for souls, praising you, thanking you, yes, but watching you grant the petitions and the supplications of our heart. Thank you for prayer. Lord, it is the, the secret to great power, and I believe there's going to be much power generated from this body of believers, Lord. People that understand who they are in Christ, that understand your power, that have the knowledge. Thank you. Thank you, God. You're going to use them mightily as we move forward. Thank you, Lord. Jeremiah said to call unto me and I'll answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things that you're not even aware of. I believe that today. 
Does God want to do great things? Yes. Yes, He does. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You're effectual, fervent, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man or woman makes tremendous, tremendous power available. Your voice matters in heaven. Did you hear me? Your voice matters in the kingdom of heaven. Let God hear you. Praise Him. Adore Him. Cry out to Him. Intercede for those that are lost in your life or your family. And watch God begin to work. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want us just to go into an attitude of prayer today. You praying whatever the Holy Spirit puts in your spirit right now. It may be just a praise time. It may There may be a need that has popped into your spirit as we were praying. It may be for this church. It may be for someone you're standing by. It may be for the neighbor across the street. But Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. So as she sings this song, please pray. Before anyone leaves this room, I just want to bring Pastor David and Pastor Bev up here. I know he's kind of spread the glory this morning with all the ministers, and we're very thankful for everyone who ministers in here. But I want to take just a minute before we go home and honor our pastors here. And I would like to, yes, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Pastors, can y'all come up here?